fun. We could argue with each other, call each other a bunch of assholes. I think you're right. I think we like try to figure out how to how to do a discourse. And I started recording, so. Oh, really? We're on? Yeah. You gotta say three, three, two, two, one. One. Light your cigar. And I'll start talking first, and you can light your cigar. Okay. You gotta welcome everybody to your live transmission of the. Welcome everyone to. This is going to be the Capo Podcast. This is gonna be a way different kind of episode because we're gonna have a guest, and we don't know what we're doing, but we're gonna figure it out. Um, so, all kinds of different today. And he's lighting a cigar, so it's going to take him a second. And we're drinking tequila, and we're smoking San Luis Rey Hecho a Mano. The, the cigar of the day is the San Luis Rey Hecho a Mano. So I said that wrong. Dude, your Spanish is terrible. Shouldn't it be San Luis? Wait, that's French. Saint Luis. I could you're saying... Whatever. It's a cigar. They're good. I know they're good. And I really, honestly, not a big tequila fan, but this is really good. You like that drink right there? I must buy really shitty tequila before this. No, you can mix that. This drink, whenever you use... This must be really good For any kind of mixture with tequila, you want to use cheap tequila. There's no point in... All you're doing is so you want to use like a a Sprite kind of thing? And then what's that other deal you're using? It's Squirt. It's a grapefruit soda. Squirt is grapefruit soda. Yes, sir. And what's that other thing you put in it? Uh, mineral water. Okay. Sparkling water, mineral water. So I can't just use Sprite. It has to be grapefruit soda. You can use whatever you want at the end of the day. I mean, whatever you got, yeah, whatever's on hand. What I'm saying uh, is this tastes good. This is... Would it uh, taste good with Sprite? Not as good. Okay. Not as good. So what this is, this is a Mexican drink called a paloma. And it's... Uh, we're still missing a little bit of... Uh, we're missing a little bit of lime, a hint of lime that you want to put in there, and a uh, dash of salt. I do pink Himalayan salt, and usually works out real good. So, guest today, Ivan Navarez. We went to school together, which is the perfect kind of person to have on your podcast for your uh, for your first guest. He's lighting a cigar, and I told him he had to light it with a match because that doesn't ruin the taste like a butane torch, because butane messes the messes the taste up. So we're both just gonna puff for a second. Good, you're there. Keep puffing, harder. Oh, this was a good idea tonight. I'm glad we did this. There it is. Good. You're not Next. supposed to inhale. Jesus tits. Oh, sorry. Sorry for the Jesus tits drop already. That's okay. This is we're uh, my show is explicit and which it probably isn't good because I figured my show was gonna be like people our age listening to it, but it turned out to be like uh, my aunt and my uh, my other aunt and my mom and. That's about that's about the the size of my audience. Couple cousins is what I got going on. But uh, anyways, this is like you're the guest, so you have to tell us about you first. Okay. What you do? Just okay. like most people that are gonna listen to this know who you are, but they probably don't know what you do now. They probably know you as the kid in high school that I hung out with. 
DU Ivan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we're gonna go back to high school, then those weren't fun memories sometimes. But see, that's not really fair for you. But but continue. But continue. Let's just say I picked up the lifestyle a little earlier than most. But uh, Ivan Navarez, graduate class two thousand seven, one of the best that's ever came through. Can confirm. Can confirm. But uh, uh, joined the oil field right after high school. Roused about it for about 10 years, and then the oil field slowed down. Uh, bought a truck from my brother and been trucking uh, hauling, hauling swine for the last uh, five years, and that's where we're at now, trying to venture into uh, the world of podcasting and maybe uh, media content. So that's where we're at. Uh, new to the cigar game, trying to master this and... Learning, like, the ways of gentlemen. You were smarter than me, because, see, what I did, I also went straight into the oil field. But instead of going straight into the oil field, I went to college first and wasted uh, a little bit of my time and money. And I say wasted because the only job I've ever used my degree for was teaching. Which is why I said can confirm when he said our class was one of the best because I've I've been there for five years and uh, it's not uh, not a great situation with the generation going on right now. Yeah, actually going back to thinking about college, I don't even know if you remember. I don't know if I told you that I was ever going to, but after that first year, so I did a half a semester in liberal, and all I did was smoke pot and skip class half the time so I was going to go smoke pot and skip class at Weatherford uh, that next semester except I started working that's whenever I joined the oil field started roustabout with a guy here that had a company and we we're working down by Canadian a lot but uh, supposedly I was going to work that semester and then at the the next following year uh, me and Josh had been talking about a uh, rooming over there and I was going to come over there and join you guys at Weatherford but the oil field got a hold of me man Hard to get out once you get in. That was probably good. I mean, we were doing the same thing. Like minus the minus the smoking weed, I never could nut up enough to smoke a bunch of weed in college because I was I was still scared of it because mm-hmm. I grew we grew up in Beaver, and there weren't a whole bunch of people smoking weed when like in our senior class. There was a couple, but like not all that many. I there were probably more than I thought. It but... still hadn't made it, it. It wasn't mainstream yet. Mm. And I tell you what, it was very highly frowned upon back then. It is mainstream now, dude. Yeah. If you think about where it's come from, how it was viewed in 2007 versus now, in the last 10 to 15 years, we've been out for 15 years, it's ridiculous. Uh, Recent news today, I've seen, I think, the House passed uh, a legalization of federal. Federally? Yeah, I think it's going to to the Senate to actually get a vote. I don't know what will happen there. It probably won't change anything in Oklahoma, but what I have noticed, see, this is where I've changed. Like before, me, like uh, five years ago, very libertarian, uh, five years ago, and I thought that legalization probably wouldn't be a big deal. And then when Oklahoma, well, first when, when Colorado first legalized it, we go to Colorado all the time. Well, we used to back when Dad owned the, the cabin up there. And I remember when I was a little kid, we go to Colorado all the time. And then after Colorado passed legalization, I was closer to an adult and we were going to Colorado again. And I noticed the change because every convenience store you stopped at 
was a pothead and other such ne'er do wells like begging for money everywhere you stopped. And there was a whole bunch of freaking like homeless people. And then when Oklahoma legalized it, I noticed the same thing even in Beaver. I see a lot more like walking dead people around town. There is that. Yeah, you see some things that you wouldn't normally see, and uh, and it's yeah, not because weed is doing that. It's because it draws in those types of people. Yeah, not very driven people. Uh, yeah, Denver uh, went back to Denver probably about four or five years ago. If you go in that downtown Denver area, it really was starting to get into the probably San Francisco or L.A. types of scenes where you just saw people. You see businesses, thriving businesses, downtown Denver. Uh, and you start seeing tents just on the sidewalks everywhere. And, yeah, like you said, it just looks like the walking dead out there. Yeah. I haven't been to Denver. I like I went, like, I don't know, six, eight years ago. Maybe, maybe five. And there weren't really any tents, but everywhere we went downtown smelled like weed. Everywhere. Yeah. And, like, it's not like weed has a, you know, it's not terrible, but just the kind of people it draws in are not good. It's just And that. I really, really want to, I would love to talk to one of the kids, because I teach, like, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast, maybe not. I teach high school. I'd really like to talk to one of the kids candidly. And get the get the actual real story of how because from my perspective as a teacher, I feel like at least I don't know we'll call it twenty five percent, maybe thirty percent of the kids in high school are smoking weed on the daily, and a lot of kids at school in vape pens. I would like insider information, but I can't get it. Well, I mean, just pretty much uh, nowadays, if you see anybody vaping, that's what they're they've got some type of oil on there, whether it's either just cbd or but i know yeah a lot of uh i know a lot of people too that they don't smoke a cigarette they won't do nothing but they don't even smoke regular weed anymore uh my preferred preferred way of consumption is just a good old-fashioned joint or even a good old-fashioned blunt that was always my favorite type of, and, and i did it i can't tell you that I, I never did it that much but every now and then whenever i did do it that was just that was my preferred way of doing it, and still, even today, that's what that's what I would rather do than try to do some oil because it's just the potency nowadays is ridiculous. Oh, it's like I I don't know much about it, but I've heard it's like not, like in the high nineties of like THC content, which is these kids are smoking like crazy high THC content. So what I wonder is I wonder if those types of people the maybe the ideology that they buy into because of marijuana and now is that. Do you think it's driven by just of the, uh, I want to say demonization or whatever, but just the the stigma that it has around it? Or this is something I have talked about before on the podcast. I really don't think that a lot of the, I don't think a lot of young people actually have any sort of philosophy at all. I I, I don't think that they have a baseline. Well, they, of, yeah, it's it's unfair. Life's unfair. Yeah, like, well, and I don't that, but I don't think like I don't think any of these kids' parents ever really talked to them about anything, let alone pot. I think a lot of their parents gave them an iPad when they were two, and then forgot they existed, which is probably going to piss people off that have, you know, kids that are in high school right now. But I'm, you know, I'm on my way out of that place. Yeah. So. Now, do you think that's probably because that, that's it? We're through a generation of parents, or let's say in their forties now. Uh, 
40s to 50s that is whenever the phones made a big jump mm-hmm. in how you know now a, a 60 inch tv is 500 dollars and a little seven inch iphone is a thousand fourteen fifteen hundred dollars you know what i mean i think you and me like dodged the worst part of it because we didn't have like we had smartphones but they didn't hit us until we were like i don't know what are you, junior senior in high school maybe like, I, I still remember being first, first year of college trying to type a text message and having to hit the freaking number four or five times yeah, to type the letter. See, I, I think, I think even in college, I think I still had a flip phone. I never did the Blackberries. I never had those phones. I just remember, I remember going, I think from an Altel phone, a little phone that had each individual letter it was a little race car phone i remember they were promotioning some some fucking nascar racer and that phone had all the letters separately so i i hated texting i could never <laughs> figure it out i didn't know the fucking formats and all this shit i hate till this day i fucking hate texting but but yeah it wasn't long after us though where it was like everybody had a smartphone. Everybody was on Facebook. Well, just in this decade from 2010, I said, was it probably 2010 to 2011, 2012, whenever mm-hmm. those first, the first smaller iPhones yeah. started coming out. And, and the then, first iPads. And when YouTube, whenever YouTube got big. Finally, yeah, got big. Because I remember those first years. The first it was just like music videos as well. Yeah. Like yeah, everybody music, was watching it for music videos. Yeah, music videos. And then bon suddenly Jovi. it was everything. Bon Jovi, man. And, there's, <laughs> and it's just internet. Everything. Connectivity from internet going from uh, the old dial-up from the telephone lines to fiber optic now. It's just the way we, we're so connected yeah. nowadays. I really think that the, the parents that gave their kids those smartphones in the beginning, back in 2010, 2011, 2012, like they don't understand how big of a problem internet is. For a kid who is younger, like when you're like when you're in your thirties and you're married and you have a kid, like the let's say just like the draw to look at porn is yeah. not nearly what it is when you are right going into puberty, right? Yeah. Like when when I remember when I was a kid, like if I wanted to look at something bad. It's like it was oh my you mom wanted to look at boots? like my mom had a Victoria's <laughs> Secret catalog or something or like we had a we had a, the family computer right and if right. you wanted to go look at it yeah. you had to sneak in there like mom Mission had to be Impossible out of the house. yeah and that, as soon as like 2010 hit and those smartphones hit those kids could get it on their phones and it was the like the worst stuff you could imagine and yeah. it was immediate and I think a lot of parents don't realize what kind of what kind of damage that does to kids at a at a younger age. Like if you're watching some messed up stuff when you're 20, you know, Damn. that's not great. But if you're watching it when you're in third grade, Damn. that's a problem. Yeah. Damn, man. I remember back in the East, I had to work to get a... Get a little glimpse of some cleavage back in the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it, it had to. T- it took some planning. Now you can just click two, three times, and boy, you 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 are in there nowadays. Yeah, thirty seconds, and you can you're, see whatever you want. You're neck deep in that shit. And not just that, but like uh, like gore videos. Like, oh, you want to see somebody get their head cut off? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy. Like that you was remember, tough when we you were. You remember back in the day? There was, uh, but whenever the the 
War on Terror was going on. One of the reporters, Nick Berg. Mm -hmm. Got his head chopped off. Got his head chopped off. That was the first gore video I ever saw on the internet. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one was... uh, And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I remember exactly who showed it to me at the school, and it was one of the more wealthy kids. It may have been me, because I know I used to... I've been an avid web surfer for for a long time, and I remember... One of our classmates, I won't drop names, but I remember me and him, we would get on there as soon as I see it, like, dude, can you believe this shit? Check this out, dude. There's some guy that supposedly, I don't know if it's real, I don't know if it's fake, but it's on yeah, here. But and here it, it is. And he screams like it's real. I mean, you can hear this blade. I mean, they didn't even use a sharp blade, man. They, they this, were sawing this, through his head. Yeah, I remember they were that. sawing through like his they head. Like they had a freaking axe on. Vertebrae. They cut his throat, and then they're sawing on the back of his head. And yeah. That's seared into my memory. And the, the kids nowadays, they're not seeing that stuff when they're in high school. They're seeing that shit when they're like, like, there's kids in primary school that have smartphones. Fourth, fifth, sixth grade. They're seeing that shit. And the thing it's is, not good for them. No, not, not at all. I mean, it's not good for adults. You no. know, you see that kind of shit now. I've noticed, you know, sometimes you see a scary movie or whatever and you wind up dreaming about that, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you don't get good sleep because you woke up in sweats because, you know, because of the shit that you've seen. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's bad. I, I think it's more of an impact than people think it is. And I don't think the I don't think the full impact is something people have seen yet. I think it's something that's coming within the next decade. See, but, so here's my issue with all this stuff now. Let's, uh, let's talk a little fast forward. Back in the day, the shit was just out there. You had to search for it. Now everything is being right now we're being listened to somehow our phones or whatever. It's listening. Watch. Something is gonna pop up. Yeah. Ads. Something's gonna pop up, something that, that we talked about, something for cigars, uh tequila. Maybe podcasting, tequila, titties. Titties. It's gonna come up. Either on your Facebook, you're gonna get some type of information, some algorithm, and it's targeted now. Mm-hmm. Like uh one of my big deals now was the a couple of things that happened this week, but uh, the Disney stuff. There was a high-level Disney executive that got, uh, they were interviewing her the other day, and she says that they are Disney within the next, I forgot how many years, they want 50%, 50%. Mm-hmm. of their shows to somehow show uh, queerisms or whatever. Yeah, either yeah. either minority or LGBTQXYZ backslash Mexican question mark. Yeah. So now it's 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 agenda driven. I mean, they're they're trying. Why would you push all that kind of stuff on kids at Disney? You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you want my conspiracy answer or my life? (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, I get that. Every we all say that it's conspiracy or whatever. It's hard to believe, but. It's crazy. Alex Jones has been called. He's. What's what people don't understand? Everybody think he's Alex. a nutcase, but he's been proved right so many times. He's been proved right. All this New World Order and uh, One World. It's it's ridiculous. He he was talking about it back then, and then what is it? The Great Reset. Yeah, comes into uh, in, into well, life. and not just that. Like uh, the the head of the World Economic Forum this week. Mm-hmm. Says we need a we need a global one world government. Just to open. It's not even a conspiracy theory anymore. They're they're openly saying it. 
which yeah. makes me feel like my book is going to, I don't say I'm going to be George Orwell, but I kind of feel like I'm, I'm hitting some like nails on the head with a, with the book I wrote. Well, I mean, <clears throat> if it's based on something though, I mean, it's, it's gotta be, you're basing it off things you're seeing and things you've read in the past, right? From mm-hmm. the, have you read the book, uh, 1984? Mm. Oh, uh, eight or nine times. Which really? since I started teaching, that's the best thing about teaching is I had to read all these books that we read in high school uh-huh. again. And now that I'm older, I can understand them way better, which is why everybody freaking hates Shakespeare. Yeah. I hated Shakespeare when I was in high school. And I read enough old, dusty old literature that I I finally understood Shakespeare once I started teaching. And it was like reading it for the first time. I was like, oh, I get why they make us read this. This is actually brilliant. Uh But the kids still don't get it. But like 1984 is something that I teach to, to seniors and then this year to juniors because I'm the juniors don't know this yet and none of them listen to the podcast so they won't know it until time but I'm not going to be there next year no. and I'm teaching to I'm teaching the juniors 1984 now because I'm not going to be teaching next year and I think that I need to hear it uh, if you could summarize it what uh what's the 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 talking points on that okay well Orwell George Orwell, British novelist, wrote 1984 in the 1940s. And he wrote it on the heels of World War II. And he had fought in uh, revolution movements in in Europe during, like, between World War I and World War II. And he had seen fascism and he had seen communism and he'd seen all these socialist movements. And Orwell had this idea that is a very... uh, It's actually kind of a Friedrich Nietzsche idea from the late 1800s. But the idea was that like Europe got rid of religion and God in their governments and in their cultures. Yeah. And the thing that was going to replace God and religion was a tyrannical government. And Orwell himself wasn't a, like wasn't a Christian, like didn't believe in God and so he was like a product of that, but he thought that um, he thought that the authoritarian governments that were going to come to rule the future were all going to be some sort of like a communist or socialist style government, either you know fascism or, and people say fascism is like a right wing thing. The Nazis were the National Socialist Party. They're, yes, they were like nationalists, but they were left wing. And he thought that it was going to be all authoritarian and the, the government was going to come to replace religion. And that's the idea of 1984 is everybody in the world in 1984 is forced to to worship the government as if it's a religion, just like in North Korea. And, and that's China. Yeah, or China. Or China today. And that's the main character. And the main character uh-huh. in 1984 is living in that world and he knows that something is wrong with it, but he can't... He can't figure out what it is. He knows that something's wrong, but he doesn't know what it is. So mm-hmm. he he starts a diary to try to figure out what it is. And he knows that starting a diary is something that will get him killed if they catch him. Mm-hmm. But he does it anyway. And throughout the course of the book, he uh, he falls in love with this girl. And he has, a, he has a sexual affair with her, which is something the party frowns on because they're like uh, sexual Puritans. Mm-hmm. 
and he he thinks that he's going to join some sort of revolution, but he ends up just falling into their hands and getting thrown in prison and being tortured and tortured and tortured. And uh, one second, I'm trying to relight this later. I got to finish this first. But <clears throat> that's like part one and part two. And then part three is all of his torture and they break him down to the foundation stones and the whole novel is like uh, them challenging his own perception of reality. Because the government controls everything, the government also says that they control reality and history. And they, they argue that that is the case with him. And he says, that can't be so. Like, you, you can't control the truth. And their answer is, why not? And he doesn't have a rebuttal because he doesn't believe in God. They even ask him in the book, like, do you believe in God? And he says, no. And that's like the point in the book where like, well, you're screwed then. Because if you don't believe in any higher power, the government is the highest power. So we can control uh, history and the truth. And then by the end of the novel, he's completely broken and brainwashed. And the last, the last line of the novel is that he is, he falls back in love with the, with the government, with Big Brother, with the dictator. And that's him like, he views it as a victory because they've broken him, but the reader views it as like a complete loss because he loses, like he doesn't win the revolution. And that's the end of the novel. Most depressing novel ever written. I think probably one of the most terrifying novels ever written. And in school, we're supposed to read that. I don't remember reading that in high school. No. Nope. Do you? <clears throat> no. I know. I never heard of it until I started Paying, paying attention to politics and stuff in the last, I guarantee probably in the last five, six years is whenever I started coming across maybe a lot of that kind of stuff. I didn't pay attention to a whole lot of this stuff until I was about 26, probably about eight years ago. But, but yeah, I mean, essentially, whenever that happens, whenever you lose God, the government tries to be the moral compass of the people, right? Yeah. They tell you, hey, you should feel... This way about this topic. You yeah. should feel, don't mind what they're saying, you know. There's no God. We've never seen him. Yeah. And that's that's the best thing Orwell did was he realized that with uh, without God, the government is God. And he right. that's why he was so pessimistic because everything Orwell wrote, super pessimistic. He thought that the future of mankind was this terrible place where there's never going to be any freedom anymore. And he thought that because he, he didn't see how... How it could be any different because he didn't have any faith. So, <clears throat> which is why conservatives get all freaked out when they find out that Orwell was a socialist. Uh-huh. That like blows their minds. They're like, this guy wrote all these books that are anti communism, anti socialism, yeah, and he self identifies as a socialist. Hey, he was the guy ringing the horn, right? Kind of tooting the, tooting the horn to uh, try to let people be aware of what's, yeah, he was what's like happening. A, well, I was about to say he was like a Bernie Sanders, but he was uh, he actually believed what he was saying. And no, like all the communists and the socialists that are actually at the top, like Bernie Sanders, they don't actually believe anything they're saying. They're all full of shit. And they're full of shit because they realize that socialism and communism are the best system for well, gaining power. Well, I don't think I don't think Bernie is one of those that doesn't believe it because Bernie's been like that. Ever since Bernie was Bernie, back in the day, I think even on his uh, 
his honeymoon. Whenever he got married, he went. He went to the Soviet Union. He went to the Soviet Union. So as far as I know, I think there's some of these guys that I don't See, think they just become so they they're. I think they're true believers. I think you might be right. And but they have, I think they really do have good intentions, but history teaches us otherwise. Yeah. I mean, Here, we, we all, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And utopia. what happens? Yeah. It's paved with, we're going to give you a utopia. We all want to end world hunger, right? Mm-hmm. But what do you what do? You do? You, you feed people one time and then, yeah, they, were, they weren't hungry for the day, but how do we sustain? Yeah. Well, and you're you're in trucking. What's the what's the supply uh, the supply system in Africa? Is it is there a great infrastructure system where you can actually get food to the whole continent on a regular basis? No, see that no. that's what people. It's not just as easy. They don't as, recognize it's that. not just as easy as I'm going to go buy all the turkeys in the world and you know have things ship them to Africa. for everybody and <laughs> ship them to Africa. I mean, it takes like you said. Sometimes there's there has to be people, logistics. In there's place. people. Living in places where you can't get a truck in there. No, and even if you can, the people who are in charge of the government, when you give them, you know, well, we can't just send all the turkeys. We'll give them a hundred million dollars for for food, and they can buy food, and they use it to buy AK forty sevens and frag grenades. That's the thing. That's the thing. If you could, if you could somehow end the corruption of power and what what power does to people. Then maybe you might have a chance, but there's still been no no other better way than free market capitalism yeah. for people to actually create jobs and for a large portion of people, let's say to on, be a, on, on a body of land to to you know to come out of poverty to have something to eat. And let's just be real. Here's my main thing: people will go pay their fucking internet bill, your Wi-Fi. And all this shit before buying before food, they get groceries before yeah. buying groceries. Homeless people have smartphones. So at what point is it you know that individual's fault for not having something to eat or for not having you know at the same time you, they're not working. Yeah, which is how you get like uh, in America you get poor people who are morbidly obese, which never existed in the history of mankind until the modern world. Yeah, and see, and I think. A lot of the problem is a lot of people don't want to truck nowadays. No. There's tons of trucking jobs. There's tons of jobs out there that you could be doing. But what's what's gotten pushed out there ever since we were young? You can be anything you want to be. Uh, strive to be happy. No. Strive to be – have gratitude. Yeah. Strive, like, strive, strive to, to be to work grateful hard. that you woke up with a little bit of health, that there is a job that you're willing to uh, – they, 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 you can, somebody's willing to pay you for it, yeah. you know? Well, and I think even, people in our generation take, uh, take, oh, strive to be happy. And they take it as like, oh, happiness means that I have to have a, a nine to five job where I never have to travel anywhere. I get to be home every single night. Mm-hmm. I get like a month of paid vacation a year. Right. And I, and I really don't have to work that hard. And that's what people like uh, associate with happiness. And yeah, that's and not see, like corporate happiness is not what you're searching for. Yeah, and just, but we think just it is. honestly, and it's just not happiness, you know. Hmm. The perfect examples that you would think of, like Jeff Bezos, all these guys, uh, they've got everything, right? Everything yeah. in the world. They've got the the hot wife. They've got all the money in the world to do. Well, but he doesn't have any more. 
well, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, like they're not really. Ha- you can look at that guy and and you you can look like people. You can look at people like that and see that they're not happy. Right. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like when when me and my wife worked in like uh, Oklahoma City area, I was making uh, more than twice the money I am now. Way happier now. Yeah. Because I'm here in Beaver. I have a house that I get to go. Like I like my. House, I have some land, I have some cattle, I have a kid, and I don't have to go to the city every day and pretend to care about corporate bullshit. And it's because you feel like you maybe got some of that control back, right, in mm-hmm. your life and getting to do some of the things that, that you want to do. Yeah. But until you decide to do those things, and you're still, are you happy 100% of the time? Mm-mm. No. But you're not you, supposed to be. But you strive for those moments that you get to put in the work and do the things that at the end of a long day you sit back and, you know, you're out there on your deck or on your mm-hmm. back patio and you get to see the sun setting, you know, and you're like, okay. So shit, it was all right today. Yeah. yeah. Life's not that bad. And you're, so. you, your kid gets to go play in a yard. Right. And doesn't have to like, you know, have a half an acre in the middle of a city. But that's just me. Like I don't think city people get that because they didn't they didn't grow up like we did, but I can't imagine raising a kid in a in a city environment. Send it, send them to a school where there's like 5,000 kids and then they come home and it's in some suburban thing and they I mean, and just raise it it makes it everything tougher. I mean, if you come, I mean, all of us come from this little town both of us, and we both have extended family, aunts, uncles, uh, cousins that... Live in the city life. Do you? <laughs> I have a bunch. What? Live in the city life. Oh, no, or, no, no. What I mean is that, like, going back to, the, like, you know, the saying that they say it takes a village to raise a, oh, raise yeah, a kid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If it wasn't for me or for my parents sometimes, you know, or a family member, that they could help us out, you know, well, we got to go to work. Mm-hmm. And they watch, can you watch the yeah, kid? Can you watch mm-hmm. our child for, you know, a couple hours here and there? Uh, That's why we moved back. If, if we lived somewhere where I couldn't imagine, you know. Sending it, your kid to somebody you don't know? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, that's why we moved back because we have my wife's parents are here, my parents are here, aunt and uncle are here. That's where my daughter goes every day of the week to either grandma number one, grandma number two, or aunt. Yeah. Soon to be mom because that's why I'm changing jobs. I think you really like that. The whole teaching stuff. It. Uh, I love it. Do you Favorite, really? Most the. The most fun I've ever had at a job in my life. Really? But it's fun because it is, there's, it's not like a private sector job. There is no, it's not real. There's no, there's nothing on the line. There's no, like, you're not working on, like, like my past job. If I messed up real bad on my past job, like, uh, just like for a day, there's money loss. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I, which I never do this cause I'm actually a decent teacher, but if I like go to school one day and just, you know, don't do my job all day, it's not like, uh, there's no super big consequences right. because there's teachers that go to school every day and do that every single day. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to name any names. Don't ask me to, but <laughs> Let <them> out. Let <laughs> them out. but there's, there's a reason I, I am going to, I'm going to homeschool my kid. That's what, that's what I have learned through my, through my, uh, five years of teaching in public school 
is that I'm homeschooling. And I know a lot of people don't agree with me there. And I, I think at some point I'm going to do a whole episode over the, the public education system. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I decided. Five years in public school, and my, my takeaway is I'm homeschooling my kid. Hmm. I haven't thought that much into it yet. We'll see where. Most people don't. Like, Never. I mean, if you're not, like, I didn't think that going in. Yeah. Like, I, I fell into that teaching job. When I moved back, they called me and asked me if I wanted to teach. Really? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll try it. And I had no idea. Like, I, when I was going to teach there, I wasn't like, man, I think I might homeschool my kid. I was like, I moved back to Beaver so I can send my kid to Beaver schools. Yeah. And after five years, what I what so, I figured so out is... It's changed that much? Yeah. It's not just Beaver, though. It's not like I, I went to Beaver schools and I was like, man, Beaver school sucks. So is Beaver this, school is probably as good as you can get. So is this more of a state-driven type of a curriculum now? What's yeah. being state and federal. Teach? State and federal, but the problem is like a, is like a cultural problem. Like that thing, go, going back to what we were talking about with the cell phones. Yeah. Our generation and Generation Z are letting uh, the internet raise their kids. And the internet raising your kids is raising your kids with all these values that you don't believe in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the thing you said about Disney saying like 50% of the, of they want 50% trans and whatever things in their movies going forward. I saw a report the other day, and this was from a blue state, so grain of salt, blue state, but 30% of the Generation Z kids were uh, identified as LGBT, 30%. And that is a social and cultural thing that has happened. Because when we were in school, it wasn't no 30%. Yeah. It was in the single percentage. We had two out of 20. What do we have? 24 we graduated with? Two. Yeah, but I mean, even back then, it was just gay or lesbian or... Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, the the gay kids in our class weren't like, man, I'm going to chop my dick off and wear a wig and make you call me a girl. Right, yeah, yeah. It's just because it wasn't pushed on us. Like, it was was just... I feel like that's just normal. I mean, but it's just yeah. But I, I, I'm saying like my kid, like my kid's generation. It's not gonna be like oh, the kid that like we had. That I mean, you and me both know who we're talking about. But like the kid that we had that was like I'm gay. That was our generation. Our yeah. kid, our kid's generation is gonna be like the kid that transitions when they are in middle school. Yeah. And like goes and gets their like if it's a girl, she goes and gets her breast cut off. Yeah. Or if it's a boy, he goes and gets chemically castrated when he's in middle school. Right. That's coming, man. Even in red states, well, see, that's coming. Yeah, because it just got pushed into this, like, what do you identify as now? I mean, it wasn't so much. Back then, it was just either it was your sexual preference, you know, whether you liked a guy or whether you liked a girl. Yeah. It wasn't so much. I identify yeah. as this. And I'll take it back, no, to, ni- just, I'll take it back to 1984. That's just who you shack up with, you know, yeah. who you, you decide to get off to. But it's this is the same idea that's dealt with in that novel 1984. It is a it's a rejection of reality and the truth, and it is it's saying like, oh, I can create my own reality because there is no there is no higher power there is no higher power there is no ultimate truth. 
So the truth is whatever we decide it is. So I get to create my whatever, own. Yeah, whatever I feel. There's no consequences. There's no mm-hmm. no moral compass to yeah. the reason. And the way I look at it, yeah, I mean, it just winds up being a sexual preference to me. What I, the way I view it. Yeah. If you decide to to be gay, lesbian, or whatever, but if you really think about it, our only purpose in life as humans to be able to reproduce is to be able to reproduce. Yeah. Procreate, have more kids. Yeah. So that we don't go extinct. To create, <laughs> create life in yeah. essence. Cause if we don't, then the population, you know, what's going to happen? You start going down and yeah. And if the- you, if you talk everybody out of like, uh, like that's another thing that our generation like was kind of talked out of having kids. Yeah, so like, I, I remember we, like we are at a little five years ago before I had a kid. Like I didn't really want to have a kid, and I think that's a that's a neutral point for Gen Z and millennials. Is like, well, I don't want to have a kid. That's that's responsibility. I would rather have a dog and be a be a uh, be a dog dad or a, mm-hmm. or a dog mom. I don't really want to have a kid because that's a that's too much of a responsibility, right? And well, we bought into that. It's not so much responsibility; it's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It is responsibility, but what winds up happening? Whenever you have a kid, you start sacrificing a lot of the things that you... We'd be headed out to a bar, maybe, you know? If we didn't have any kids, hey, let's go, you know, go to the local saloon and have a couple beers and not worry about what we do tomorrow. Yeah. But we can't do that. But no. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's... it's, And that's that's something that I didn't realize until I got, like, like, older was, like, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to take on that responsibility. It, it makes is. it literally makes you a better person. It does. And it gives your life meaning to where like all these people who are super depressed and like, oh, I don't know why I'm so sad. Because you don't have any responsibility. With purpose. You don't have any purpose. You're not yeah. doing anything with your life. Yeah. You're playing you're playing video games all day. There's another thing I haven't done since I had a kid is play video games. Man, I gave up video games ever since I was in high school. I just never. I think the last gaming console that I really got my money's worth out of was uh, Sega Dreamcast. You are an old soul. <laughs> yeah, Sega Dreamcast, man. See, I used to and like it. Like Nintendo I played 64. a lot. I never. I could never. Whenever we'd go to a mutual friend of ours, and we'd go over to their house, and they'd be playing Halo. The whole family's playing Halo. For I know me. who you're talking about because I was part of that. <laughs> from, yeah, you were part of it too. You guys fucking love that shit. I'd be down for the one-on-one playing basketball outside of the week whenever we retired into the late hours of the night to fucking play Halo all night long. I was out. <laughs> I'm going to bed. See, I, I get that now and at the time, like, I, I love that stuff. Like, I carried that all the way through college. We used to play that in college all the way through. And then once I got out of college, I played stuff all the way through until I had a kid. I played video games until I had a kid. And now looking back on it, I'm like, man, I was kind of a, was kind of a man-child. An overgrown baby. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Will Ferrell. Just Mm -hmm. sitting in your mom's basement. Mom! Meatloaf! (laughs) Bring me some pizza rolls. It was my wife at that point, but... Nah, it's ridiculous uh, from where we came from. About 15 years in life, you know what? Yeah. How... How much technology changed, how much we've changed. The whole world. Yeah, the whole world as a whole. And I think a lot of people, like, uh, let's say one generation older than us... They don't. They don't see that it's changed that much, and they don't think it's changed that much. I like. I, I have arguments with like people a little bit older than me all the time because that's something I like to do: is talk to people and argue and debate and stuff. But there's this idea of like, uh, 
oh things don't things aren't all things aren't any different it was just like that when we were there like it, it was just like that in the 80s it's like was it were, were, was think, the entire government saying hey it's okay if if pr- primary school kids cut their dicks off were they really saying that when in the 80s you know what i mean yeah I bet I bet there was. There were things. I bet but there was. I think all that stuff just didn't make it all the way to us. You know what? I bet maybe in cities, if you talk about maybe in the maybe, city, like, San Francisco, maybe San Francisco, your Francisco? City, yeah, your bigger, more more liberal communities back in the yeah. day. I think it was more, but it stayed within the communities. I think it was like things that were issues in cities or in towns. It didn't make it onto the global stage or the national stage. You know yeah. what I mean? And it does now because, because of the internet. Because of the internet and the cell phones and now everything, if if something happened in fucking Miami right now, we know about it. Mm-hmm. What and that, the fuck that does it, that concern it us doesn't. in little rural, you know, Beaver, Oklahoma? It doesn't. And why do we even know about it? Like that's just it's something just drawing our attention away from maybe what you and it gets you riled up. It, get, it actually mm-hmm. changes. You know, you're. I'm guilty oh, of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the stuff going on in Ukraine right now. I'm looking at that news war, every day. War in Europe is a fucking tale as old as time. Yeah, it's been going on forever. And and it's something Second that's... World War. The first world fucking war. It's all we got Germany and Russia and all those places. Italy, Spain. They've never been able to get along. Nope. And we're still, like, we're still worried and about where it we went to The other day when I was thinking, I was like, man, we're really... About to go into World War Three. I didn't think it was a a possibility. I was like, man, we're so interconnected now. Who really wants to, you know? We don't want to drive to the fucking store to buy groceries and now, you know, get things delivered to us to the house. Do we really want to go to fucking war? That's kind of nobody does. That's gonna fuck up my weekend. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I got plans. I think you're right, and I think that's why it surprised everybody. Because people in Europe are just like that. Like I feel like that's how it's like. You know, the the narratives now that a lot of the Russians were lied to, a lot of the soldiers were lied to, supposedly, that they were just going to do training exercises and they were going into Ukraine to denazify mm. certain areas, this, this, and that. And all of a sudden it's a full invasion. Yeah, they're blowing up buildings and this and that. And I don't know. I feel like some of them, that might be somewhat true that they were lied to. And that could be why Russia's sure kind of having I- a hard time... Russia has an ancient history of never telling their people the truth. I mean, that's pro- that's probably exactly what happened. I would imagine. How much longer do you think this conflict is going to keep going on? Do you think? I, do you think with uh, did we escalate today with Ukraine hitting that oil depot? Or I don't know. I don't, like. I honestly thought when when it kicked off, I thought that it would be a week. And unless NATO got involved, I thought Russia would have everything under control. You think they were to? I thought Russia was going to roll in there and take Kiev in a day. Really? But I will. The, this is the thing that surprised. Like it surprised me, and it surprised everybody who's like people who are watching from the outside. No. Everybody's surprised that Ukraine is like pulling the Russians' pants down and spanking their ass. As far as like a guerrilla like campaign is going. Yeah. Like the the fact that Russia. Who is a, who's a considered a superpower, has not taken the capital city of Ukraine in a month and a half, is staggering because they're 
Russia can go through like Belarus, which is like Kiev is not central to Ukraine. Kiev's pretty close to the to the border of Belarus. Yeah. And the idea that Russia couldn't just roll through there and take it is kind of astounding. Awesome. I think it's awesome. And I think we I think what Americans should take away from it is, hey, guess what? Just because you have a modern army with a whole bunch of like armor and tanks doesn't mean you can just roll in and do whatever you want to people who don't want you to do it. Right. If the people are willing to grab a rifle and go hide in the bushes and fucking shoot you in the head. I mean, that's just a perfect example between the difference of uh, the 20 years that we spent in Afghanistan. It was less than a week, less than a couple of days, whenever the the Taliban had taken over, you know, the capital again. Yeah, when, when we, we pulled out. And what, like the what, next what, day. what did the president do? He fucking loaded up a gunny sack full of as much cash as he could, got on an airplane and got the fuck yeah. out. And the Ukrainian president didn't do that. And I, that is the, that's probably, I don't want to say the only reason because I don't know. But I guarantee that's a contributing factor as to why Ukraine didn't fall. Yeah, is the, the fact the, that the yeah. president was like, you know what, I'm staying. Give give me a plate carrier, and I'm gonna stay in Kiev, and I'm gonna lead this thing. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I There's think, something to that. I, I haven't been wanting to jump on that whole Zelensky shit. I don't train. want to either. I think that both, like Ukraine, is notoriously corrupt. Right. And Russia is notoriously even more corrupt. Like, it's Eastern Europe. Everybody's fucking corrupt. Yeah. And the idea that, like, Zelensky is some kind of golden good guy is probably not true. Yeah. But I also think, like, the the right, like, all the people, like, there's a bunch of conservatives that are like, oh, you know, there's you know, the secret biolabs thing, which there's there's, like, a kernel of truth to that. But they're taking that and saying, well... Putin's actually the good guy. Like, Putin's not the good guy. Putin's a dick, dude. I don't think... He's certainly not the good guy. But at the same time, the U.S. does some fucked up shit, too. Yeah. The U.S. is always out there fucking sticking their nose where they don't fucking need to be. Yeah. Well, I would... Yeah, like, there's, there's, there's more than one side to it. But yeah, you're... Like, you are, in my opinion, you're right. I think we get way too involved in foreign affairs, but there is there's like a trade off that happens if we don't, and that the trade off is like uh, if if the rest of the world isn't scared that the U.S. is going to slap them in the face, there's a whole bunch of shitty people out there that are going to do shitty things because they know nobody's going to slap them in the face. But isn't that up to them? Maybe. Maybe. Like, why are we? Big, that's that's where I'm we, with. Why, I'm with like, you. Like, why are we big brother to fucking? Everybody. Ukraine? I I don't know. And that's, I mean, that was the mindset of the U.S. forever and ever and ever up until, like, uh, World War II. Like, we, we never became the world police until, until after World War II. Hell, we didn't even want to get involved in World War II until uh, late into the war, until Japan hit Pearl Harbor. We were isolationist. After World War I, we were like, I don't want to get involved in that again. Yeah. Which makes sense, because Europe has this super long history of just killing each other and the u.s didn't want to be involved in that yeah it's a mess it's uh is a mess it's a mess if you haven't been keeping track of it it's hard to even form an idea like that's where i'm at right now it's like man can we just we just got over covid 
things are getting normal a little bit. Now everybody's worried about nuclear. You can't turn on the TV or anything without <clears throat> what was it there for a while, for a couple weeks. Nuclear this, nuclear that. Yeah. Nuclear war, nuclear war. And it seems like they drive those narratives and they use certain words to just keep the world on edge. I don't think that's going to... I don't think a nuke's going to happen. I, I thought that for maybe the first couple of weeks. And it's still a possibility, but I don't think it's going to happen. Because, like, I think Russia knows if they do that. There's there's no upside to that for Russia long term. Mm-hmm. Because that's really going to polarize everybody against them. Like, if Russia nukes Kiev, they're, the whole world's going to be like, all right. F you, dude. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just you think about like what's the what's the driving factor for Russia to even go in there to keep going after Ukraine? They didn't take over the capital. They didn't get the president out of power. Uh, if anything, here's one of the things that I heard that they were more after the the southern part of Ukraine, the Crimea and stuff. Crimea, which they took Crimea in 2014, okay, but, but the but, eastern but, the eastern side. <laughs> Of Ukraine has a whole bunch of oil and like natural gas and oil. Well, what happened is, I guess Crimea. After they took Crimea, Crimea was an area where I think the water's bad. There's not very, very good ways to sustain life and agriculture or anything with what they did down there uh, because the water's bad. Uh, yeah, it's like a it's on the to. sea, so it's got a bunch of ports and stuff, but yeah. they they don't have a lot of like they don't. Have, so whenever Ukraine had it before, and before they took, before Russia took it, they used a canal. There's a canal that they would run fresh water to down into that area, into that whole region. So whenever Russia took Crimea, what did they do? Well, they, they filled up the canal with fucking concrete. Yeah. They blocked off all the water, and now that area has been in a fucking drought for I don't know how many of the past years and it's getting hard to sustain life and uh, sustain operations down there so that was one of their big pushes to be able to take that southern region because that is part of the region where I think in 2014 uh, Exxon and Shell and a bunch of these uh, energy producing companies from over here started taking a bunch of production and a lot of equipment to be able to start drilling and harnessing and building actual facilities for Ukraine to actually become uh, one of the, the second producer of energy in uh, Europe. So was that that's why they did it back then because they were going to start being a competitor for Russia with natural gas yeah. and oil and all that stuff. I, so, I think it does make sense. Like I, I don't think Russia is doing this just to be a dick. I think like Russia has a vested interest and it's the... It's what countries have been doing forever. Like they're trying to look out for their own interests in the interest of like ethnic Russians. Like that part of it makes sense. Yeah. And I I heard like I was reading something the other day and listened to a podcast on this. Like the Russia is Russia doesn't have a whole lot of ways to replenish their army. So they're they don't have like they have one or two generations before they can't actually replenish their army with ethnic russians so they're running out of time to to shore up their their geographic defenses and if with if russia doesn't have ukraine or at least the eastern part of ukraine their their defense like they're they're way more vulnerable without ukraine but if they want to be like if russia wants to get to where it is more 
sound geographically, they would have to take Ukraine, they would have to take Poland, and they'd have to take the Baltics, which is I really, which is why I think there's a lot of people in the West saying like, if you think Putin is just going to take Ukraine and not do anything else, you're nuts. It's because the the people who really know a whole lot about like foreign affairs and geography and military tactics understand that like if Russia really wants to shore up their defenses, they're going to take Poland and they're going to take the Baltics because if they do that, then geographically there's a lot less places that Russia can be invaded from. Cuz Russia like through its history has been invaded a lot and it's always been invaded through certain geographic well, it's channels. A, it's always through that southern kind of mm-hmm. Was the eastern region? Yeah, because and all the ethnic Cause Russians cause live just, in east, live in western. Just Russia. by the geographical layout of uh, Russia, that northern part, they they're pretty safe on that area, right? Uh, except for the Baltics, uh-huh. the Baltics area, they would have to like they would have to take that. But they're like they're way more. This is why the Russians have like kind of Kazakhstan, which is like the huge southern border of Russia, which is a giant kind of nothing country. Mm-hmm. Russia has gained influence in Kazakhstan because Kazakhstan is kind of a weak point for Russia. And if they can get kind of puppet governments in places like Kazakhstan and Belarus, then they're safe. If they can, re- they can kind of, this is why the Soviet Union took all those places in the first place. Because when the Soviet Union came into power, they're like, we take all these places. And then we are, we're literally like a superpower that people can't invade if we can keep our, if we can keep our borders where we want them to be. All right. We went and we took a pee and we, we kind of lost our place. Yeah. So I think it's only right if we pick up, uh, with Will and Jada, Chris Rock. (laughs) I thought we were going to talk about nukes, but yeah. (laughs) Nukes, man. Nah, fuck nukes, man. Everybody's worried about Russia and Ukraine and all this shit. I'm worried about women. What did you think? I, I, I about We haven't talked Jada. about this, and I love it. I want to know what you think because I haven't talked to you about it, and I have my own opinion, and I want to hear yours first. About what? Like, what did I think when it happened? Like, what do, you, happened? what do you think about the slap and all, all, like, the thing that, like, this is the funny thing I think about it is, like, it's news that really doesn't matter, but everybody's, like, got an opinion about it. My opinion, it's that's what happens whenever a relationship that should have ended a long time ago <laughs> didn't fucking end. That's what happens when people don't know when to call it quits. Mm-hmm. Will should have fucking divorced her ass and left that bitch fucking hanging in the fucking air. Years ago. Out to dry. Well, whenever they did the red table talk since the fucking entanglement. You like, there's when no she reason. was fucking other <laughs> Yeah, whenever she was fucking her little boy's best friend. And the thing is, hey man, the, there's so much to that thing, but they they talk about defending his wife's honor and this, this, and that. Where was she defending his honor whenever she's out there doing her red table talk, putting their fucking dirty laundry out to, you know, to air out for everybody to, to know about? If you think there's one family, there's one only one word, you hear the word entanglement. Who do you think of? The Smiths. If I think of entanglement, I think of somebody caught in like a jungle of vines, 
They're just out in the jungle and they're caught in an entanglement of. I thought, of I thought, you, were, I thought, yeah, I thought you were gonna say like a fucking calf that got tied up in a fucking nah, it could barbed be wire too. fence. The, the calf in, is entangled. Got entangled in the fucking barbed wire fence or something. Like. No, I agree no, with no. you. That's to that's my thing else, too. Though, to to rural America, rural. God, that's a tough rural. fucking world. That's a good word. That's a tough word. Um, no, to the rest of the world, you hear the word entanglement, you think about the Smiths. Why? Because they put that shit out there. Yeah. But. What I think, it's Jada's fault. That's what happens to a guy whenever he doesn't leave a relationship. Yeah. I think it was like Will Smith was really tired of everybody knowing he was a cuckold and calling him a cuckold. And he was all in it. Everybody knows that his wife is banging other guys. And I think that he finally had enough. And uh, Chris Rock was just an unlucky, unlucky guy that was standing there when he decided he wanted to make his wife think he was a man even though he's kind of not i think he just got pissed off man it's one of those things sometimes you know you can be whenever you're in a relationship and things probably are already heated with your wife you just came out tonight was supposed to be about me you know and he did win later he did win later and he probably everybody knew he was probably gonna win everybody everybody kept talking about it but then chris cracked the joke and Will laughed. He thought and he looked funny. at his. He thought, then, yeah. Then he looks over, and Jada's all pissed off, rolling her eyes, looking like Major Payne from that movie with. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's like, "God dang it! Now I have to hit. Now this. I have to fucking do something." <laughs> and I think he just snapped. I I think you're exactly right. I think that's what happened. And maybe I don't know. I'll give him maybe the benefit of the doubt that you know actors get so deep into roles. That maybe the character that he played, that King Richard guy, that he subconsciously turned into that guy, and what maybe. would what would King Richard do? I'll be honest here. And here's King how here's King how. Richard walked up there on that stage and smacked fucking Chris. <laughs> here's how unplugged I am from from pop culture when they're like Will Smith wins for King Richard. I thought that movie was like Shakespeare about King Richard, but it was about like Venus and the Serena Venus Williams. Or the Williams sisters. <laughs> that's how. That's what English teaching has done to me. I was like, oh, King Richard. It must be about like uh, English history, Shakespeare, something like that. What, nope. What war was that? <sighs> Let's see. King Richard. He was the one that like Robin Hood didn't like. I think so. No, that was Prince John. But, that was Prince John. That's what wasn't King uh, Richard was the good was, one. It was a bitch move of him. Learn to take a joke. Yeah, I, I I do think like if he was on the street, like if you're on the street and somebody says that, like to your wife, then yeah, you have every right to smack the guy in the face. But you're at the Oscars, and that's Chris Rock was paid to go up there and tell jokes about all the famous people. So he has no and right. That's to exactly go slap right. Him. That's what comedians do. Go to go to any comedy show. The people in the front row, you know, if you don't want to get made fun of, sit up. In don't the sit in the front row. Yeah. Don't sit in the front row. And the thing is, especially if Jada, you're a bald Jada, woman. <laughs> Jada, Jada brings that shit on herself too, though, because she always. Did you see the Oscars like in 2016? Whenever Chris kind of really. No. Gave her, gave her I, the business. I haven't back watched then. the Oscars ever. If he wanted to get slapped, that was the year to get slapped. He he had a bit or whatever where. So she started talking a lot of smack, and that's whenever they were boycotting the Oscars, this, this, and that. Oh, uh, they were too I white? Think it, I think it, well, yeah, and the, the, I think that was the year that Kevin Hart was going to host it. Oh, and they but kicked him off for saying something about it. He got Me Too'd or something? No, he said a gay joke. He posted a 
gauge. He said that if his son, his son ever gay, came to him that he was gay or whatever, that he's going to smack the gay out of him or something like that, slap him upside the head. You know, anyways, the right thing to do. Anyways, this is around that time. And so Chris makes a joke. He's saying that Jada, Jada, he says, like, Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. <laughs> Pretty much saying, like, yeah. bitch, you're the plus one on this situation, you know? <laughs> nobody nobody cares about you. You're your B-list, C-list actor. And yeah, you're no, like, Jada Pickett Smith hadn't been in a movie for a long time. She did some comedy movie called Girls Trip or whatever, and that's about it. Yeah, but that doesn't count. That's like the female Ghostbusters. Nobody watched it. Exactly. <laughs> but, but I mean, the, the, it's true, though. Like, who cares? Like, she's over here trying to rally the troops and... You're not Denzel, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not, let's say, even a Queen Latifah or one of these black actresses that's actually kind of known. And you're trying to get people to boycott the Oscars? Come on. Yeah. But I am. Here's what I will say. Denzel is, I don't know if the movie came out yet, but Denzel Washington is going to be Macbeth in a Shakespeare movie about Macbeth. Who is Shakespeare's Macbeth is about a Scottish like king and lord and uh, I usually am one of those people that's like, hey, don't put a black actor in a movie about a white person if the white person is supposed to be the lead. But when it comes to Shakespeare, I'm completely okay with it for some reason. Huh. And that's my English thing. Being an English teacher, hating Shakespeare when I was in high school, and then learning about Shakespeare when I started reading in, Shakespeare is all about human nature, and I'm actually okay with the with the woke thing putting putting uh, Denzel Washington as Macbeth as this you know Scottish guy. I'm okay with that because Shakespeare is beyond all race, whereas other things I don't think are. Like, uh, I really hate the fact that Lord of the Rings, the one they're putting on Amazon that's supposed to be the Lord of the Rings uh, new series, they're putting, like, a whole bunch of, like, uh, black actors and all kinds of different stuff in it. And that's not really Tolkien. That's not really Lord of the Rings. But when it comes to Shakespeare, I'm fine with it for some reason. And I don't know why. I, do not I wasn't happy about that. I, I, I do not have an opinion on that. I have not seen not one of the Lord of the Rings movies, but... You put Denzel Washington in about in anything, and he's gonna be good. And he's good. Yeah, that's one thing. I'm I with don't you. Care. He he can play any role that he wants to. I know. Just having Denzel play it, it makes it a little bit better. Yeah, I watched uh, uh, Book of Eli the other day, Ooh. and it was just as good this the third time I saw it. Tell me now. Here's something that I've been craving: good movies. Good movies, man. I just uh, like I, modern good movies or good modern, movies. Just, period. Just good movies. Period. It seems like I tried ever. I can't tell you the last good movie that I watched. The other day I watched uh, the Lincoln Lawyer, Matthew McConaughey. It's good. That was a good movie. Yeah. Uh, it just seems that there's so much content out there nowadays, and all of it, sucks. especially on Netflix. They've just oversaturated everything mm-hmm. that they're just trying to push so much content out there. It's not even good anymore. It's hard to find something that's good. I agree. I've actually found more series. There's actually some series, uh, TV series that, that I've actually gotten into that they've surprised me more, but to actually sit down and watch a movie, a it's good, been a long time, a good movie. 
it's tough finding anything that's worth sitting down for. Yeah, that they don't try to make all about something else. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that I saw the other day, Ryan Reynolds has a movie on Netflix called The Adam Project, and uh-huh. I was very pleasantly surprised. It was pretty good. Really? They didn't, they didn't like, it wasn't all about like woke but did, nonsense. But did Ryan it was Reynolds good. play same old fucking Ryan Reynolds? Yes, from Ryan Reynolds play movie. Ryan Reynolds in every movie he's ever done. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> I get it, but let, let me see some fucking, some depth, you know? Let me see something different. I don't think Ryan Reynolds has, has to have depth. Because he's, like, if you were making that much money, would you, would you do something besides Ryan Reynolds? Me and Ben were talking, me and my brother, because everybody doesn't know who Ben is, we're talking about Del Brisby today. Yeah. Ben has met Del Brisby. And uh, my buddy Wade Payne's Matt Del Brisby. Uh-huh. Del Brisby's from like a, I think he's from Oklahoma, but he's like a he, he used to be in the rodeo circuit. Like he's in that circle. I think he's from the he's from Texas. I think he's from like around the north northwest. Waco, yeah, uh, Graham, Texas. Yeah, I think. My point though is that like Del Brisby is a is a character that that guy does. Right. Yeah. But what Ben said and what Wade said was that like when they met Del Brisby, he's never out of character, and when he told Wade. Was that like the reason he he told Wade like, dude, I make so much money being Del Brisby that I just have to be Del Brisby all the time, old son. Yeah, and that makes sense to me. Like, if that's your bread and butter, dude. Like, if that's your deal, and you're making all this money doing it, maybe that's who you have to be. Well, I get it till you get somewhere, but Ryan that's Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is fucking established already. Dude, give me something. You're, give me some throwaway stuff. You know. What do you want Ryan Reynolds to be? I just want him to try something different, maybe. Not be just like the comic relief. Be something serious. Yeah, I would love to see like Ryan Reynolds. Oh, we're on the Shakespeare thing. Like Ryan Reynolds is Hamlet, where he's not funny at all, and he well, just is like existential crime. Like existential crisis. I just want to see him in a different fucking role, other than that little rom com type of fucking humor. You're right, because I think he has the I think he has the ability to do that. Yeah. We're like you have like uh, he's always in movies like The Rock, and yeah, The Rock doesn't have like the Kevin ability. Hart. Kevin Hart has a hard time. He had yeah. a hard time. Even when there's he- actors that don't have the ability to do anything different. And I don't think Ryan Reynolds' fault. I think Ryan Reynolds could do more. I th- exactly. And he's never going to listen to this, but he should do something different. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> I, I have. Uh, I still haven't seen. Have you seen the Spider-Man movie, the new mm-hmm. one? Heard that. I haven't one. watched a new movie for. Heard that was really good. Really. And then I just heard that the new Batman movie with uh, I the seen pin, that with the penguin with. I guess it has uh, that old storyline of like I don't think any of the movies. The Batman vampire movies. guy, Twilight guy, was Batman. Right? Yeah, he was the Batman, and I think who uh, oh, forgot who they said the the actor was that was the Penguin. But you know the Penguin, the Penguin hadn't been a Batman character since Danny DeVito. How do you improve on Danny DeVito? And that's what <laughs> and that's what I heard the other day. Like that's what they were arguing. Like, dude, Danny DeVito was, was a pretty spot on fucking penguin. <laughs> I don't know anything about Batman. I'll be honest. I don't, I'm not a I'm Wait, not yeah. a superhero movie guy. You should. I that's, should get that's into your homework. I should do Go, that if you get some time. Try to watch those movies. Maybe we can chop them up next time. Okay. But anyways, the the, the Spider Man movie. I guess it was super deep. I guess. Uh, the first, it kind of takes a little while to 
get into it, but I guess like the last 30 to 45 minutes is a real tearjerker. Really? Yeah. See, my problem with all the, the new superhero movies is that they all seem kind of... I don't, especially the Marvel ones are just... This is me being a pretentious dick. But I'm not a fan. Like, there, there's no, like, it doesn't matter what happens. Like, at the end, like, all the rules will be broken and the heroes will win no matter what. And there's really no rules to it. Like, oh, we're at the end and we're going to get just Doctor Strange or whatever is going to come in and just change the future or the past or the present or whatever. And everything's going to be okay. I don't not, I don't like that. You can't buy into the whole. I know, but I just I'm not, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of that. Like I want. Neither am I, but I think I think the Batman, like the Dark Knight. I that, like the Batman movies. You talk better. about a good movie. The Dark, Dark Knight's Knight. good. Dark yes. Knight. The Dark Knight is good. Worst casting for a female role. You you think she what she's too ugly? She should have been way <laughs> fucking hotter. <laughs> She should okay. have been way fucking hotter. You that, know what? That like, is the worst. Not, that's the worst not looking unattractive. No, to play hold the on. main female role. Just because she's an actress. Like, she's not super attractive, but you're judging her based of, of all other actresses. What else do you base that role on? That's a, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't mean to sound <laughs> sexist or anything, but that, for that role... She is Jake Gyllenhaal's sister. So. Like, just imagine if they would have casted her as Wonder Woman. Would she really have been that wonderful? Mm, probably not. Wonder Woman was very attractive. Gal Gadot, yeah. Yeah, she's, Gal Gadot is hot. She's top notch. Yeah. But, anyways, movies. I've, I've been craving if you if you come across any, um, any good I don't material. Know. Don't tell me no old country for no men or no country for old no men. No country for old men is a movie you should definitely watch. Actually, you know what? You should read the book instead. But the movie's really good. As far as movies made from books, No Country for Old Men is top notch. Good movie. I watched... The Road is top notch. Anything that Cormac McCarthy wrote and then they made a movie about is always good. No Country for Old Men, The Road, All the Pretty Horses, Did he all do, good. Did he do uh, A Night in Old Mexico? A Night in Old Mexico is a good movie. That's a good movie. It is a good movie. I love uh, uh, Robert Duvall. I'll tell you what. Denzel... Denzel. Robert Duvall movie. Robert Duvall. A Matthew McConaughey flick. Okay. Who else? Chris Pratt? Or is he like uh, Ryan Reynolds, always the no, same character? No, he's the same character. He and him. Clint Eastwood? Eastwood movies? He's getting old. You know what? I'll be honest. Like, back in the old days, like, the spaghetti westerns, because I'm a yeah. western snob, I'm not a huge fan of the spaghetti westerns, because they're... Like, they're shooting ropes in half, and, like, it's always, like, the, the hero is is so good that he can do anything, and I'm not a huge... Like, the Spaghetti Westerns are kind of like a comic book level movies to me, mm -hmm. but I do really, really like uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, I think, is one of the best Westerns ever made. The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is... no opinion. I don't think God I've got tier. my best Westerns, Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove's good. Lonesome that Dove is, is great. You want, you want me to like make it not as good for you? No. The guy who... Don't do it. Don't do it. You don't want me to do it? I'm going to no, do it anyway. No, because that's on top of... Like, if I've, if the guy who... I think it was the producer or maybe the author also worked on Brokeback Mountain. So... 
Welcome to the forbidden knowledge that I didn't want to learn. F, right? I had done ruin it to me. <laughs> it, it was just that. That's a good. It's a classic, man. It is so good. You can go Lonesome back Dove is, is great. It's as good. Lonesome Dove. You sit Tombstone. Back. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the best Western ever made is... Uh, no, not Stagecoach. That's not what I'm thinking of. The Searchers. The Searchers is... The best old western ever, and you would have to watch it, and then I, I'd have to explain to you why it's the best because it's a super old movie, and it doesn't seem as good as it is when you watch it because it's one of those you have to have explained to you, like a really really good novel. You have to have explained to you to understand why it's so good. Got to have a little bit of that's the, that's the searchers. The mm, searchers is searchers. is up there, man. Hmm. Well. What do you say we wrap this thing up a little bit here? You don't want to talk about the nukes, do you? The nukes? Yeah, let's bring it on. All we right, I just sidetracked. Very that. short, like shortly, like, because we were talking about Ukraine earlier and the World War Three situation, and I just, because, like, my podcast, in the, like, the, the description, one of it is, like, preparedness, because... Prepper. Prepper stuff. Okay. So, if... Like the worst were to happen and the thing that nobody thinks is going to happen, nukes start going off. Let's say the closest thing to us that is an actual target is Amarillo. Nuke goes off in Amarillo. All the, all the electricity goes off. And let's say you're not out on the road in your truck. Let's say you're here in Beaver. The electricity goes off. They nuke Amarillo. What what does your first 24 hours look like? What do you do? First 24 hours. First, we strap up, load up the guns. Okay. What, what guns? Because this is um, details. I, all the ones that what, I've got. What's your, what's your loadout situation? I've got my 9. i got my Glock on me. you got your Glock. I've got my... Glock uh, what? What's the model? Cause I'm I'm a gun Glock I'm a gearhead. Glock forty three. Okay, you got your concealed carry Glock forty three. Concealed carry Glock forty three. You have a rifle. The, the my yeah I've got my uh, Remington uh, two forty three. There you go. Okay. I'm a long scope on it. Uh, got my uh, sawed off shotgun. I think that's great. Mossberg uh, five hundred. Mossberg five ninety. Oh, 590. It's got a pistol grip. Nice. It is uh, considered, it's actually illegal. If I put a stock on it, if I change it or modify it at all, it's an illegal gun. Oh, okay. The only reason it's, I classified, it's classified like as a, a pistol shock because... wave or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got that one. I'm with you. Yeah, so I've got that But one. the nukes went off, so it doesn't It doesn't matter. If you if you make it illegal, they don't care. Well, I yeah, mean, they probably that, do, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I'm just explaining the gun to you. But yeah, I need, I need to. I don't even know if they sell the kits for them anymore. That you could put a stock on it with uh, all the little gadgets and kind of make it a little more practical of a use. Hammer down. Yeah, but uh, stock is always better than no. We're stock. loading that one up also. Uh, we're taking them all. I got my 12 gauge. We're gonna take the shotgun. Uh, Are you right. staying at your house? In Beaver, in for Beaver the America. For the, for the meantime, to Especially gather, the first 24. For the first 24 hours, we're going to stay put. We're going to stay put. We're going to see what happens. We are going to contact uh, f- close friends and family. What are you doing? Where are you guys at? Where, do we find a high point? Where do we, do we get close to water? 
do we get close to let's say the ele- like there's electricity out and like your, your cell phone service is got out got a generator got a generator how do you contact friends with cell phone service out you go you coming out to my house and like the old hey, fashioned way on? I'm gonna come look for you alright yeah. I'm entered uh, we're gonna find fuel okay we're gonna find energy sources uh, fuel propane gas anything that we can uh, we're gonna gather supplies and then we are gonna come up with a plan with family and friends. And yeah, network. And then we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna network. And then we're gonna start assessing. We're gonna stay put for the meantime. Let everybody take off. Who wants to fucking hightail it out of here? And we'll see. We'll see wh- who got attacked. What the case is. What radiation's happening. And then we'll have to see which way we go. I like it. Know what I mean? You know what that is a good you can't, you, you can't overreact because no, I think you're right, and I, I, that's that's why I wanted to ask you because I like I I'm kind of a weird old prepper person, and I think like uh, that happens the fir- the very first thing is like okay who's my network because I think there's a lot of like uh, goofy prepper type people who are like oh I just go jump in my bunker and that's like no you you figure out like who's in your network. Who is the, who is the like sixty people that you know, and how do you secure your situation for those, you know, sixty to a hundred people? Yeah, and I think that is the that's the right first answer. See what I would do? I would contact you, right, Dylan. Dylan, talk to Dylan. Uh, family, close family. Get them all. Pray hunkered down at my place, since uh, we're kind of on higher ground over there. We can jump on top of the house if we need to start sniping people. Uh, we the, got the, highest, the meth heads, the meth heads of beaver. Uh, I've got a basement that we, if we do, if somehow reason we need to hit lower ground, we can hit there. Uh, and then start reaching out to extended family. Got some family in Denver. Talk to them. What's going on? What's happening? Got some family down in. Uh, uh, New Mexico, gonna talk to them. Hey, what's your situation over there? What's your twenty? But if, if cell phones are down, then I don't know. We'll then figure some landlines. Yeah. If cell phones are down, we're gonna yeah, try to get a hit a landline somewhere. Yeah. Uh, biggest thing: not overreact. Make sure we got the basic necessities. Fuel water and whatever fuel, vehicles. Shelter. Food. Food, water, shelter. Yeah. Guns, bullets. Yeah. I think I think you're right on point. I do think that everybody needs a like everybody needs a, a semi-automatic rifle and at least like three magazines, three thirty-round magazines. Yeah, I full. fucked up. I sold my AR about a year ago. Yeah, I think everybody needs need, like I a. Need, I need to get something. AR, AK, and God forbid, but it would be great. What, Mini fourteen. What do you recommend right now? And AR just because of two. Right two, this three, second, just because it uses two two three. Right this second, I would say because of the ammo situation the way it is. Yeah. Right this second in uh, April first, twenty twenty two, I think an AK is a better idea than an AR just because everybody has an AR, and seven six two by thirty nine is a easier round to get right this second than. Then two two five five six two two three yeah really, I that's what I think. You can I, pick up AKs here. You can yeah. I uh, Woodward Woodward is uh, Bud's Gun Shop in Woodward. What's one of those run? 
An AK is about like an AR. If you want like a if you want a if you want a decent one, you're looking yep. at a thousand. Thousand. If you want just under a decent, you're looking What's a good at seven hundred. AKs are difficult. There's not a whole lot. So like uh, Palmetto makes a decent one. And then if you want something higher tier than that, you're going to have to pay. Uh-huh. And then when it comes to ARs, like everybody makes ARs. Yeah. So like a, a decent, mid, a decent or, mid-range. AKs are more reliable, aren't they? What'd you say? Not necessarily. Like if you're talking about like the, the military. Don't worry, in, they get muddy or whatever. If we come if to you're talking about like the, uh, Something the, that's going to fire. If you're talking about like the military, like Russian, Chinese AK and the military M4, then yeah, the AK is like slightly more reliable. What are we talking about? But if you're talking ava- about what's available like, to us, though. what's available to you, it is like brand dependent. Uh-huh. And about as far as just for you, any AK AR that's like mid range is probably about the same. So like a, a Palmetto AR is pretty decent. A Palmetto AK is pretty decent. An upscale AR-15, you're looking at like a a BCM or a Daniel Defense or a, oh God, the other ones are like a little more pricey. The kind of mid-tier stuff is Palmetto and then like uh, Smith & Wesson, uh, DPMS is like the lower end of decent, Mm -hmm. but everybody makes AR-15s. I need to pick something else up because I know that's that's what I'm lacking in my arsenal. I always thought every man should own a 22. Yeah. A 12 gauge of shotgun. Yeah. Your long range, uh, your rifle, a 243, 270, something like that. 308. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a game rifle. Yeah. And then... Or a shooting people from over 200 yards rifles. Yeah, it was five guns. An AR... Your pistol, your handgun, your 12-gauge. Bolt gun. A bolt gun. That's my, my 243 yeah. bolt gun. That's four, and then I guess five is like uh, something real nice. Something real nice. <laughs> <laughs> zombie killer. Yeah. I, I think that I think every American man should own a, a decent semi-automatic rifle. I actually think that a decent semi-automatic rifle is more important than a concealed carry pistol. And I'm a big concealed carry You know what I just person. bought is a safe. I yeah. had all these guns just laying around the fucking house underneath beds and ammo, you know, stocked in random shelves. And I finally went out and bought me a safe the other day. And It's good. Fake marketing in those safes. They told me it was a 12-gun safe. I've got five, <laughs> I've got five guns. It's full of shit. motherfucker's <laughs> plumb full. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah. And then I stuck my uh, my twelve gauge uh, my shotgun in there, and sure enough, it's too tall. Yeah, so, that yeah, same thing so happened to me. You have to got, like put so, it above the shelf. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mine's like I have to shove it. Like it grazes the shelf and it kind of yeah. lifts it up a little bit. So and I wanted I've got my shelf on the top notch to where I wanted to have more space in there to actually like fit some ammo mm-hmm. and a little safe and things like that in there. Uh, some valuables or whatever, and I need a bigger safe. Yeah, and I've only got fucking five. See, I think I've when only got I, four guns in there. When I built my house, I went and bought a a, a decent Liberty safe. 
See, that that's was what I need. Pretty I need, big. I need to get a bigger and one. I, and I set it in the corner of my house and bolted it down and I walled it into the structure. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's what... Uh, next time. It works now because I know with uh, with the baby around the house now, I wanted to keep that yeah, stuff yeah, keep put that away. Stuff locked into, up. And then just we have random... Uh, now we have family get-togethers. A lot of kids come over and... You just don't want them to run into that yeah. kind of stuff, and I didn't. I, know, I didn't ever get that way until I had a kid, yeah. and now all my everything I own is locked up, or yeah. I have I have one gun that's not locked up, and it's a shotgun that I, that I keep like uh, I have a peg way above my door that's like too high for anybody to reach except a grown up, yeah. and I keep a I keep a home defense gun up there, and everything else is in the safe, yeah. But yeah, I think you're, I think like the, the most important thing, and this goes out to everybody who's listening, it's not running to your bunker and locking yourself in and not talking. It is getting together with the network of people who you are attached to and it is organizing, it is forming like groups and teams and regaining order because the most important thing is some sort of, of order in your yeah. local community. Yeah. Because if things go to complete shit, all the... Like, if you think that you have some shitheads in your town, which we obviously do, if you think there's shitheads in your town, if there's no order whatsoever, those shitheads are getting out of control. Yeah. And if you don't have order in your town, you're going to be in a bad situation. Yeah. There's got to be... There's got to be some type of plan. Yeah. And the worst thing <clears throat> that could happen is for people to start panicking. Yeah, which it's easy. To which do. they will do it's immediately. Easy to do you know? Just uh, you know, the great reset of the t- the toilet paper fucking shortage. What did people? You know. You know what I got in storage? About four cases of toilet paper. The thing is, the thing is, there wasn't a shortage. It's just it's been like everybody it's been like oil right now. Oil for truck drivers, man. You go to Walmart. You used to be able to get. There's always. There was always enough. If you need to service your truck on the weekend, you know most semis take anywhere from ten gallons to you know plus or minus a couple gallons. Uh, the shelves, there was always some at Walmart. Whether you you know patched it together with two and a half gallon or five gallon buckets to the one gallon containers, there was always enough oil. Now you go to Walmart, there's no fucking oil. For semis, but why? It, it's not because there's a shortage, because uh, people are hoarding. People are going and buying more than what you need, and yeah, and the, 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 the supply chain can't keep up. Yeah. It's not like a lot of the things haven't been so much of a shortage is that people are going out and overbuying people getting nervous. and sitting on it. Yeah. Which and it's happens, hard. It's hard time, to what, blame. What's what's what happens is the same shit with ammo. Every time Democrats yeah. fucking honestly, I went out and bought an AR. Whenever I bought my ARs, whenever uh, I think Obama had gotten something, they were pushing a lot of the nuts. guns. Yeah, they were pushing it the whole gun nuts. compensation pretty bad and this and that. And I was like, man, I better buy one before I, I can't fucking get a hold of it. Ten years later, I can still buy an AR. Yeah, know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So at the same, but everybody time, went nuts for a while, and you could not get one. It was it like twenty two ammo. It was oh twenty two and ammo. You, you couldn't could find, not it. find it. You can which is find silly to ammo because if you're gonna like if you're if you're storing something to be defensive ammo in a serious situation, 
22 is not the is not the thing that you're storing. But it was a whole bunch of like boomers and fuds that were like, "Oh, I need But where do they get it though? Cuz it's cheap ammo." Yeah, oh, I need 10,000 rounds of 22. It's like, "Okay, buddy." More than that. I'll come to your house with 5 rounds of of 308 and I'll have yeah. your 22 ammo. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think everybody needs a network. Everybody I, needs to have a little bit of tanner. Right? Yeah. I do think I I will say this like I used to be a lot less I'm not going to say like uh, crazy because I don't uh-huh. think I'm crazy. But after the last year, uh, what I did buy, I did buy some plates and some plate carry. Like I bought body armor at the beginning of 2020. And I haven't got there I, yet. I, most people aren't there yet. And I don't, I don't think that's a must have. But I don't, think, I don't think that's out of the realm of sanity to own some some plates to just just you know it's one of those just in case things and i i don't think it's outside of the realm of sanity to own plates when just looking at myself in the community the the idea that oh if everything went to complete shit it might be it might be a real thing that i might be acting as some sort of uh you know reserve deputy for the county yeah. And if you're a reserve deputy, when things are really, really bad, you're probably going to want body armor. Yeah. And I, I do, like, I, I went and bought body armor when things got really weird the last time. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what comes with these next elections and see what happens. If we have one. If we have another one. I'm kidding. I'm just being negative Nancy. Being, I was about to say, you're... <laughs> You can't look. You got. You got to hope for the glass half full. You know, type of thing. Uh, I think there will be. I think there's enough people voicing their opinions now. I think people. I think they finally realized. I think a lot of top notch uh, money people are finally starting to invest in uh, creating alternative uh, platforms. Yeah. Uh, other da- than, other the than Daily YouTube, Wire. The Daily, the Daily Wire, Wire is going. They're doing a lot. They're of going things. hard on it. Uh, but I think there's a lot of people that have picked up on this censorship. A lot, and what I think is, I think there's more center, like center right, maybe little center left types of people that are finally, finally have had enough. That it's not so much to the right, not so much to the left, that they realized, hey, I mean, you can't look at YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and not just. Everything that they're doing by the censorship that they're putting out and the people that they're censoring and completely, you yeah, know, trying to cancel, them down trying to cancel Joe Rogan, yeah, the the guy who voted for Bernie Sanders, and now right. suddenly the left wants to cancel him, yeah, and now he's a Nazi and yeah. racist and this this and that. Uh, they figured out you got to we got to do something else. And what is it? It's Spotify. It's not even an American company. It winds up being the one of the only companies that has the balls to, you know, be a neutral uh, platform yeah. for people to be able to say what they need to say. You and, know? and even in like the last couple weeks, I think there was a, a story a couple weeks ago that Rogan said, like, if Spotify won't, if Spotify is going to make me walk on eggshells, mm-hmm. I'm going to go somewhere else. And that's where we're getting like it, the 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 powers that be are making it to where like if you don't if you don't toe the line we're gonna we're gonna shut you off. But see, I think just like anything though, 
It's gonna. It's biting him in the ass. I think people are gonna like that Shapiro thing with the Disney and the yeah. Daily Wire kids that they're gonna. They vowed to like put a right. hundred million. Hundred million dollars. Yeah. To put into that. And if you don't think thing, people, people are going to leave Disney in droves and go to like a, a conservative alternative, mm-hmm. you're fooling yourself. No, and that happens too. Like people, people will. You start putting a little bit of a value into what where you're putting your money into. Yeah, and as long as long as it doesn't suck, people are going to go to it. Yeah, as long as it's a good platform and they yeah. can put up and then and you they want to support those kinds of things. Daily Wire only has like four movies out, and I I watched like a, they their first one was Run Hide Run Fight. Hide Fight, and yep. it was really good. Was it really? I've only seen that one. Like I haven't seen any of the other movies they, just they put, put out. One now that's called Shut In. Yeah, I, I haven't seen a, it. It's a pretty good. I one. haven't seen it, but I heard like good things. But if if you put out decent content that's not tied to Hollywood and Disney and all that other stuff, people are gonna go watch it. Like people like me and you are gonna be like, okay, if you'll put out decent stuff that's not like cheesy as shit, that's what I'm gonna watch. Yeah, like Hulu. I uh, I canceled Hulu because I had their little streaming service. Every time it cut to commercials or to break or whatever, I some tranny stuff. Three, three out of five of the commercials either had guys kissing on there, loving on each other, or women, or something that you're born beautiful. This, 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 mm-hmm. and that, and it's just. But they're pushing it's Virt- not, virtue signaling. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. Why the hell am I gonna pay for that shit? When, why, why can't I just get a couple fucking M&M's or, you know, a fucking M&M's commercial anymore? Yeah. Everything has to be whether it's everything, either racial. Everything has to be either racial or gay. Yeah, racial or gay or pushing your fucking sexual preference or identify, you know, gender identification. Yeah. Identification. And it's not that people, like, are, like, you know, racist or homo, like, homo, what's the word for it? Oh, it's just I'm trying to watch... I, I just want to watch the goddamn Super Bowl, right? I'm trying to watch right? fucking Thunder game or I'm <laughs> yeah, trying to watch no a football shit. game and then you're pushing this shit on me. You know what like, I mean? Leave me alone for, for 20 minutes. Yeah, just give me a fucking Skittles commercial or a fucking, I don't know, anything. Anything other than that shit. Yeah. I'm with you, man. But anyways, that's my plan for the nuke days if it ever happens. Good. I hope it doesn't. I think. Cooler well, heads will, I think we have a pretty... heads will prevail. I think so, too, but I am glad, like, if everything went to complete shit, I do think that we have a pretty decent network in this county to keep things not from going completely insane. Yeah. Like, there, I'll, like there's a few methods that might need to be shot, but beyond that, I don't I, think it's going to be a huge might problem. There to be some casualties here and there, man. I'm not worried about if it. things come push, push to shove, you know. Yeah, me too. Like, That's if we why. have to scalp a couple people, like, I'm all right with it, is what I'm saying. Honestly, what people... I don't know. I don't know how close we are to... But with the government, everybody's worried about nuclear fucking war. I'm tired of the government that keeps printing money. Yeah, I'm more. I'm way more worried about being I'm, completely I be, broke. I might be a little bit more, yeah, worried about the, the devaluation of the dollar. Yeah. Which is going to happen Cause in the, the dollar, next year, no matter what. The dollar is not backed by anything other than fucking trust. Yeah. That I give you $10 and you say that, hey, okay. Yeah. That it's ten, it's that the those, rest. Those $10 are worth something to you, you know, yeah. that you can go out and that we can trade, you know, this for that. 
It's the rest of the world saying, hey, we think America is going to be the country for the, yeah, next, that's a, that's for the people, next hundred that's years. That's what people don't understand. That's the only that. thing that's keeping the dollar where it's at is the rest of the the rest of the world thinks, okay, I'm going to bet on America. Money. We owe the, yeah. I have to bet on America for the next half a century yeah. or the dollar is going to completely collapse. If China one day decides, you know what, I don't think America is the place. One of the bad We're things screwed. is if, uh, if Russia, what was it, who was trying to, no, Saudi Arabia, if they actually start selling oil for for the ruble or was it for the yeah. yen? For the yen or, the, the yen, or yeah. either one, like any other foreign currency. If suddenly the rest that's, of the world the, says, you know what, the, we're not trading on the, the dollar anymore. Backers. That's the, one of the biggest backers that gives yeah. the dollar worth, you know, is the, is the petrodollar. Yeah. If the yeah. rest of the world decides we're not going to trade on the dollar, yeah. you will you will be poor overnight if exactly. that happens. Yeah. And it's probably not going to happen because there's not – like the ruble is not an alternative. And the yen is probably not well, an alternative. It's probably – it's either the yen or the euro. I think there's like – The three, euro is tied three, to three, the dollar. Three top-tier uh, currencies are the euro, the yen, and the dollar. Yeah. And then the rest of them are kind of second-tier, yeah. third-tier type currencies that have collapsed. But everything usually collapses back to the dollar. Yeah. You know, whenever other countries have collapsed, it always collapses into the dollar, kind of backs it. The dollars – you go to Mexico – you can pay in dollars anywhere. They don't want pesos. If if you got dollars, pay them in dollars is what they what they want. Why? Because they know it's it's a stable currency. Yeah, it's a better it's a better alternative. Yeah, but it might on it might not always be that. It way. doesn't have to be. There's no uh-huh. law saying that America has to be number one yeah. or that the U.S. or the dollar. Or, and know. if if we keep making our highest priority, like oh, we really want uh, our highest priority is that. Five-year-olds should be able should be able to have gender transitions. We don't exist like that for another fifty. We years. need God. We need God back yeah. in the schools. We need we need men to be men. Yep. We need to start being better leaders of our families to start with and the communities. I think that's what's happened. The demasculinization of men in America has fucking led up to this point. Yeah, and I I don't. Uh, that's going to have to be something that doesn't... It's not going to happen organically. That's going to have to be a move. Right. It's got to be intentional. Yeah. It's and it's, it's not going to happen on accident. It's going to be just like the women's movement. we got to have a men's movement. we got to support <laughs> each other. we got to have we got to have weekly meetings. I'll be honest. Like that's, that's the reason that I'm leaving the school is because I want to get a job where I can like take care of my family, where I can get my wife to where she can work part-time and raise my kid. Yeah. That's why I'm leaving the school. So I can be a masculine man. Because yeah. working in the school makes me feel like a feminine You'll wind man. up like Will Smith. You know what I'm doing? I'm being yeah. Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, I go me. home. I get off at 3. I go home. I cook dinner. Uh-huh. I go pick up the kid. I take the kid home. I cook dinner. I'm, like, I'm waiting on my wife when she gets home. Half the time, I'm like like in my underwear in the kitchen. <laughs> and I'm not cool with that. I don't want that to yeah. be my life for the rest of forever. Yeah. Like, I want to be the guy that gets home at, like, 5, 30, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. It's like, hey, what's for dinner? Yeah. That's what I want. I don't want to be the guy who's like, uh, we're having tacos, honey. I hope your day was good. I basically had a make-believe day where I talked about novels all day. Right. 
and it's just healthier. It's healthier for men to fill that role. It's the natural, and, and like, it's, it's, it's the natural course of events. Like there's yeah. there's a reason that most teachers are female. It's a feminine job. It is. And the problem is, it is a feminine job, but you need males there because these kids with no male support, no male role models, and all female teachers don't turn out good. Yeah. But that's why the public school system is screwed, and that's a whole like other thing. We're on we're on nukes and stuff. It's a whole yeah. episode. I think we said that we were going to wrap up about we were. thirty minutes. Ago. Yeah, let's sing. Let's sing two songs. So this is uh, this isn't this is like uh, the the I don't know the podcast the Ivan Navarez podcast. This is the uh, the late night. Uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna sing songs to end the podcast, and I think this is a great way to do it. And those songs are all going to be great. So we're... Because I play a lot and I practice a lot. We're piloting kind of a new format maybe for podcasting that we want to do. Maybe a a show where we we can hit topics of discussion for a while and then give uh, give a break with a little bit of music and maybe kind of lighten the spirits a little bit to where things don't get so serious and maybe put out a little bit better vibe in the world. Yeah, so we're going to end with music. We're going to sing a, a couple songs here. One of them, uh, I don't know, we we're talking about nukes, and I only know a couple songs anymore, so we're going to try two songs. The first one's going to be Radioactive. Here we go. This is in the apocalypse. 
feel it in my bones Enough to make my system blow Welcome to the new age To the new age Welcome to the new age To the new age Whoa, 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 whoa Radioactive, radioactive Doing it in a one take, minute, a five minute, yeah, five minute on one take. That's how we do it around here. We don't like, uh, we don't practice. That'd be shit. That would be too much, too much preparation for being yeah. a prepper. That's right. What are we singing next? So like the the my hometown, right? Man, I think my laptop died. Do you want mine? Well, shit, yeah. I don't know. Give me two seconds. Talk to the people. Talk. Keep them entertained. The people. All right. Okay. Man, we're at like uh, almost two hours. We did pretty good here. For, uh, I think this was a uh, this. I had more fun doing this one than I have doing mine, and I think it's just because I had somebody else to talk to. Everything is better with friends. See, I I like doing mine, but I feel real pretentious and narcissistic because I'm just sitting by myself, usually like sitting by myself in my underwear in my office, like just not, you know, it's just not the same with somebody else. Nothing, nothing. I mean, other than playing with yourself, I mean, it's just nothing's... As fun. No, and that's what a podcast is. It is a, uh, it's kind of like writing. And writing is just, uh, this is something that like uh, actors and writers and all artists, any artist who's really, really honest will just tell you that their art is just mental masturbation. It's a, it's a narcissistic thing that they do that is a, it's a, it's like, it's like masturbating your brain. And it's it, that's what that's what I writing guess, is. I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's what my 
It sounds terrible to say, and I'm kind of hoping that everybody like doesn't listen to this one that really loves the novels. But that's what <laughs> that's what writing is. Writing is mental masturbation, and it is, it is you trying like it's you doing something that makes you feel good and trying to tell the rest of the world that it's important. And if you're really really good at it, you're like uh, you're you're painting the the Sistine Chapel, or you are crafting like Greeks, Greek statues. And if you're like not real good at it, you are, I don't know, writing poems <laughs> or, you know, writing, writing novels that are just commercial novels like mine. Mine's not a, it's not a, like a high thought really. It's not a, it's not a Greek masterpiece of a marble statue. It's just, I'm not going to make it. It's just fun. Sweat. Yeah. Yeah. I and it is fun, but that's what it, for all of you wondering, Artists are just mental masturbators. And they should all admit it because I think it would make them more honest. And I can be honest about it. Writing is mental masturbation. So is songwriting. So is poem writing. So is playing music. You're just mentally masturbating yourself. It is. I mean, it's a bit of a self-indulgence, you know, where you yeah, can... Yeah, it's a self-indulgence that you take. God, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this or my aunt, but they're probably going to. Because that's who listens to well, my I hope, podcast. I hope they do, because it's about time that we made a couple cents off this. Well, I am getting a, a shiny dime for every, uh, let's see. I make a penny for every listen? Every thousand? Yeah. A penny for, for a listen? A penny for a listen. A penny, penny, for, a penny a listen. for your thoughts. And I, I like that we're ending it with this one, because right. uh, I hope I don't mess it up too bad. All right. We're going to do one more song, and we're going to do the song that I feel like we should always end uh, Ivan's podcast with, which is Hometown, because I feel like Ivan hasn't named his podcast yet. I think it should be called Hometown, because that's where we're doing it. We're doing it in our hometown, around, around around our hometown. And with that, we, uh, <laughs> we thank you guys for listening. We hope you had a good time. Maybe uh, laughed a little. Maybe learned a little. Uh, you better learn something. Maybe you just attention. think we're a bunch of jackasses, but that's completely okay. Yes, we will not lose any sleep over it. No. But, uh, Mental masturbation. We're gonna leave you with this. So, uh, good night, good evening, and good luck. Back in 81 And we made ourselves a pack And now to the new pipeline We were never coming back Worked 80 hours Making time and a half But the grange was too damn high Drove back home at the end of the week And we spent it all on pot So I'll see you in Houston if I ever get out that way, I'll see you in Dallas. But I won't have long to stay if you're ever out west, son. And you're feeling like slowing down, I'll see you around, around my hometown. 
played balls every single fall I could run just like the wind I went to college like they asked me to they didn't ask my friends I don't think I've seen a single classroom But I drank a lot of beer but I still love to listen to me when I talk about that year So I'll see you in Houston If I ever get out that way I'll see you in Dallas But I won't have long to stay If you're ever out west, sun And you're feeling like slowing down I'll see you around Around my hometown Got myself a little band And we're pretty good, I guess Never learned, learned to wear my hair And I never learned how to dress So I'm leaving for the last time Honey, I'm never more to roam Pack my bags a little heavy this time Gonna head my ass back home So I'll see you in Nashville if I ever get out that way, I'll see you in Austin. But I won't have long to stay if you're ever out with sun. And you feel the night slowing down, I'll see you around, around my I think that's a great idea for a podcast. Best idea for a podcast I ever heard. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, that's the end. We'll see you guys next time. Because we're going to do this again. You just wait.